Welcome to Weekly Insights at Winthrop Capital Management, where we discuss recent developments currently shaping the markets and industries in the global economy. Here's your host, Chief Investment Officer, Greg Hahn. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. I'm Greg Hahn, President and Chief Investment Officer for Winthrop Capital Management. And in the studio this bright, sunny day, Amy Anderson, Production Coordinator. Good morning, Amy. And Adam Coons. Adam. We're here. How are you? I'm well. So we're approaching the halfway point for the year. So it's, I mean, we're almost, I mean, we're halfway through the second quarter. So it has been a heck of a year for financial assets. (laughs) Yeah. But you look at the open this morning, last week was a little rough, but the open this morning, a little bit more positive. Sure. Um, and we've, we, um, we're publishing a piece today that really describes the, the, um, val- the va- issues around valuation. We try to make an argument that we're getting closer to fair value. We're still probably slightly overvalued on, on equities. And then uh, bonds um, with the rise in interest rate and the expectation for continued um, increases in rates in today's regime, uh, both the inflation regime and the um, monetary policy regime, we are making the argument that bonds are approaching fair value in here. But if you look at old measures that, um, like CAPM and the Taylor rule, that take a base rate and add a inflation premium, there's no way, right? <laughs> right. We're just, we're just not. You know, a reasonable risk-free rate even has is, is, is been out of the question since the financial crisis. So with that, then the, the question is, well, how do, how, do, how do investors invest? How do we approach investing in today's market um, with the new set of rules? Based that's figuratively. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's the context of the market that we're in uh, with equities slightly overvalued still, but approaching a fair value, bonds approaching fair value. And just tremendous dislocation in the equity market. So what are you seeing, Adam? Yeah, last week was uh, jobs week. So it was funny. We were talking about the fact that the number came in better than expected, which then sent the markets down because uh, a positive number meant that the Fed would more likely yep. <laughs> be aggressive. So we've reached that that phase in the market, as you're kind of alluding to, where uh, just nothing really makes a lot of sense. Where It's a conundrum. Yeah. So, the, I mean, here's this is the weird thing is that we've got full employment, right? Yep. You know, it's basically, I think it's 8 million jobs that are out there. There's more job wanted postings than there are people looking for work. During COVID, we saw 2 million baby boomers just retire, just said, okay, now's, now's a good time. So they yep. took themselves out of the job market. At the same time, there's huge demand. So companies are posting. There's all over the place, you know, job hire, you know, hire, new hires needed. Yep. The conundrum, though, is that the rising costs, rising labor costs, are putting pressure on operating margins. So we're starting to see companies lay people off. Yep. In a tight labor market, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. But you know, Tesla yet last week put it out there. Yeah, ten percent. Yep. Cut. Um, the small businesses that I talk to, uh, one of our small business uh, relationships um, in Indianapolis, laid off. Um, people on the manufacturing side. So it's we're seeing more of it coming. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I've got a few friends, kind of same thing on the anecdotal side where it's, you know, companies are, are making cuts or doing freezes. And, you know, I've heard at least four to five stories of companies. Right. So you, if you have the job, you get you get wage increases because there's this pressure. But <laughs> if then it's just like, well, okay, 
we're just going to eliminate jobs. So now you're, you're off on the street. So it's, I think uh, we're going to see a little bit more of that mixed messaging heading into the second half of the year without the clarity. Yep. I mean, we're going to have to see clarity in terms of what happens to the economy and what happens to inflation and what Fed policy is going to yep. be like. So. Totally agree. Um, on the market side, uh, last week was uh, it was a short week. The SP was down uh, about one percent, and so the overall index uh, for the SP five hundred is down fourteen percent. So you know nothing's really changed there. It is a, is an upbeat day today. Uh, I think the real headline today is is China and the fact that they are starting to soften their COVID policies. So you're seeing stocks like Alibaba that we talked about last week yeah. um, as a top stock uh, up seven percent today, and just just broadly Chinese stocks up you know about five percent today. So um, you know our thesis, and it seems like things in China happen pretty rapidly, but our thesis was that eventually they would uh, soften their stance on on COVID restrictions, and so I think we're starting to see the first steps of that. Yeah, and we were talking last week is this kind of the surprising thing for me was that during our COVID lockdown, Amazon lit up. Yep. Uh, online shopping took off, but in China's uh, lockdown, Alibaba didn't really light up. It kind of moved sideways. Yep. Ben's comment was, well, they didn't give them $1,200 checks. <laughs> yep. it's, just, it's true. Um, but also, I think their lockdown basically was a real lockdown. You couldn't, delivery people couldn't even go right. Out, so yeah. you couldn't deliver. So it made the job model or the business model kind of impotent, you know. Yes. So, yeah, and I think you know, Tencent was one that held up uh, okay, and Baidu uh, definitely held up relative to some of the others. And I think that was because you know, obviously they're not making deliveries; they're just some sort of online gaming or yep. or search. So that so that worked. But last week in focus growth, um, we did make a, a swap. We we sold our Spotify position and we we added to Alibaba. And then we also sold Match uh, Group uh, and bought Qualcomm uh, on the Match Group side. We, you know, we wrestled through that, and it's just kind of one of those where it's a it's a one trick pony, um, which could be okay. But as we see more and more people, you know, moving out of their homes and, and out into the public, right. uh, we're just starting to see a shift, and so just kind of getting ahead of that. Yep. What else you got? Um, so then on the bond side, I wanted to bring up uh, high yield. Uh, we haven't talked about that in a while. And so high yields had quite the year. Uh, spreads are wider by or widened by 200 basis points. So we came into the year, uh, they're trading about 285 basis points um, off the treasury. So they were, you know, yields are pretty, pretty low. Uh, but now we've got rising interest rates and spreads, like I said, widened 200 basis points. Um, so the, the index now is yielding 7.2%. Mm-hmm. And if we were talking this time last year, we would have been talking with a three-handle. Yeah. And um, so, you know, high yields getting very interesting in, in, in my eyes. You, you kind of talked about valuation across fixed income. And so I think it's the first time in a while where, you know, we can look at bonds and say, you know, this is a reasonable rate of return. Um, For the risk that we're taking. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, the investment grade world is is pretty much the same. Uh, spreads are, are wide there. You're getting four percent on the index, so kind of the same story where the value is finally there. But um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those where I think a lot of people are hesitant because everyone thinks that if the Fed keeps moving, rates are going to keep going up. I think I know I take an opposite stance. I think that all the majority of the Fed's policies are kind of baked in and right now the risk is that rates go down if the Fed has to back off of their stance. Right. 
Yeah, and this goes to the um, the three things that we talked about: is the um, the expectation for a slowing economy. We we'd, we'd expect then that the interest rates would slow down, and then the year-over-year comparisons for inflation are going to start to. We think they'll start start to be lower heading into the second half of the year. We're not going to see eight percent July compared to July. It's going to start to trend lower. Yep. So that should take the heat off of the Fed also. Right. To, so the 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 uh, really the push for higher rates is really the narrative coming out of the Fed. It's not really market driven. Right. So we'll see. And then last up, I just want to talk about models. Um, you know, we're, we're wrestling through what to do. We, we came into the year with a defensive stance. About 30% of our large cap exposure is a, a more defensive tilt. And so I think the thing we're, we need to work through this week is how do we reallocate uh, within our models to take advantage of, you know, if, if the market has kind of hit a, a, a more attractive valuation, how do we shift the allocation towards more growth uh, type assets in order to, to capitalize on, on a market recovery. So I think that's something that we'll, we'll wrestle this week and kind of readdress next week on, on this call. Yeah. And then our, our, um, our models tend to have, uh, well, they, 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 they were, were concentrated in domestic equity, domestic U.S., and then the bulk of that is large cap, and the large cap is split between S and P five hundred, and then the equal weight S and P right. five hundred with some minimum vol alongside of it. A good portion of the, of, depending on the model type, we use um, mid cap and small cap also. Yeah, and that um, that that's been all over the map, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. If if it's you know the the Russell small cap has had a horrendous year, down about twenty percent, but then the S and P small cap, which is a little bit smaller index has actually outperformed the S and P five hundred. So it's yeah, it's just it's all over the map. Yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> that underscores it's a stock picker's market. Yes, it is. <laughs> so um, we've got a couple lists of of stocks that we've put out. We've got a a piece coming out this week on the top five stocks for the second half of the yep. year, which is actually six stocks. <laughs> so we're we're mathematically challenged. Um, and then depending on on risk, there's just I mean we're, we're as we go through earnings. In spite of earnings guidance lower, there's some just wonderful opportunities out there that are really starting to, to surface. So, um, but at the same time, there's some stocks that are just been very resilient in terms of their valuation and 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 and, and elevated. So, we'll, we'll kind of sort that through uh, for our listeners and get a, more of a detailed list uh, out there. Yep. Is there anything that you're seeing right now, Adam, that just is really compelling on the equity side that we haven't talked about? Um, you know, I, I was trying to go through, we, we spent a lot of time on these pretty large cap companies. I spent the weekend trying to look through some smaller cap. Uh, one that did inter- interest me after their earnings was Okta. It's a, it's a kind of small to mid cap. It's a security, yeah. uh, cybersecurity that we use internally. Um, and we like it internally, but, I, you know, from a business model standpoint, uh, a little bit uncertain. But after reading through this last earnings statement, that's what I'm digging into more. The one that I've been wrestling with this year is Generac. Yes. Generac is a small, smaller company that makes um, home generators and um, back, backup generators for power and also has power conversions so that you're, you can actually make your home independent. Yeah. And I, I do see that as a trend in the next decade is sure. more, more independent uh, power at, at the home. Um, and so the valuation on Generac's come down very reasonable now. But they're, they've got the whole supply chain disruption issue because it's it's a Wisconsin company that's I think shipping parts in from China. 
So there you have it. Anything else on your plate? Nothing here. Why don't we uh, end it here? Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you through the week. All investments are subject to risk, including the possible loss of the money you invest. The information presented in this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and does not take into consideration your personal circumstances or other factors that may be important in making investment decisions. You may access and download this podcast only for your personal and non-commercial use. You may not use it in any other manner or for any other purpose without Winthrop's written permission. Copyright 2022, Winthrop Capital Management, LLC, all rights reserved.